Jake for Esoterica, a short feature which delves into the realms of the extraordinary. And today, I am pleased to present guest contributor Andrew Miller, reading part two of his piece, Out of Nowhere. In part one of this story, I described a cluster of skunks, a mother and her babies, that my wife and I spotted prowling around our yard early one evening. The skunks were so p- tightly packed together and moving as a single unit that at first we were not sure what it was. Once we figured out it was a family of skunks, we went inside. However, I had just settled onto the couch when my wife told me that one of the babies had been ca- been captured in my have-a-heart trap. When I stepped outside, I saw a trapped skunk and the rest of the family clustered around. We pick up the story when I am trying to decide how to free the skunk. Part 2, Out of Nowhere. The challenge was to remove baby skunk from the have-a-heart trap without any chance of chemical retaliation from an anxious mom. The solution was simple. Figure out a way to lure them all away. Then, while they were otherwise occupied, release Junior from have-a-heart jail. I asked Catherine to spread peanut butter on a handful of crackers. Being careful not to make any sudden moves, I arranged a pile of skunk attractors on a spruce stump some distance away. Once the bait was in place, the remaining skunk family abandoned the imprisoned one and dashed to the stump. I crept back to baby, dropped to my knees, but when skunk family heard me fiddling with the metal door, they returned en masse. They didn't just sit on their haunches and watch me struggle with the hasp, They gyrated around my ankles, climbed over my legs, nibbled my pants, nosed my hands and arms, heart pounding, knowing Catherine would never tire of retelling this story if my plan went south. I pressed on, managed to snap open the door. Baby jumped out and, amidst much chirping and murmuring, rejoined his family. Relieved, I took a step back, watched them touch noses and exchange licks. Being careful not to make noise, I eased toward the house. I was halfway there when my wife called out, You've got company. I stopped, looked down. The entire family was at my feet. They nosed my ankles, rubbed against my pant legs, cooted back and forth over my shoes. I was the Pied Piper of skunks. They followed until I reached the house then scampered back to the crackers. A few minutes later, mother and young drifted into the forest. We never saw another rotating disc of skunks. I often think of them, marvel at how natural selection shaped their defenses and behavior. They don't have to be aggressive, bare their teeth and snarl to demand respect. I wondered, do skunks have a sort of nuclear missile under their tail? Is this an example of conflict being avoided because no one wants to risk an encounter with such a terrible weapon? Kenneth Walsh, author of The Spread of Nuclear Weapons, More, Maybe Better, said yes. He noted that our world has enjoyed more years of peace, that is, lack of a major war, since 1945 than was known during the entire 20th century. That was when the United States dropped a pair of atomic bombs on Japan. Is this how modern humans are able to achieve a type of peace? By amassing such terrible weapons that no one wants to engage? After five million years of hominin evolution, have we risen to the level of the skunk? 
Obviously, everyone should be thankful to have avoided the global wars that characterized the early half of the 20th century. But isn't it time for humans to find a better way to avoid conflict than acting like skunks? You've been listening to guest contributor Andrew Miller reading part two of his piece, Out of Nowhere. Esoterica pieces delve into the realms of the extraordinary and include topics from the edge of reality. If you're a writer and have a three to five minute esoteric story to tell, send an email to me at cj at esoterica.love. That's cj at esoterica.love. Because the next esoteric story you hear on WERU might just be yours.